0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 154 of and League. This is the last episode of the year, and boy, am I excited to be here because we're going to be talking about the biggest international event of the year. Actually, the second. um, There's only two of them this year, uh, and that's All-Stars. And I have consumed none of it, and so Mark Zerevich is going to be telling me all about it I missed all the the action. You
1: didn't watch All-Stars, dude? You you missed half the international competition this year?
0: I was driving through the southwest portion of the United States uh, because flying is not a safe thing right now. Anyway, of course, this show is brought to to you by... uh, That rhythm of war. Yes, I did. Of course, this uh, show is brought to you by Alienware. We thank them so much for their support. Mark Zimmerman, my constant co-host, is here looking extra festive. My tree is relocated to the living room. I should have... I should have made sure that that was a thing. Or did anyway. put some lights up? Yeah.
1: Slacker. Uh, I'm doing good. So funny story for people who are on the podcast and might have missed the beginning of this. Uh, when we were doing tech checks and stuff, my dad texted me to tell, tell us that we sound good. <laughs> so my dad's been texting me uh, basically like I'm his personal Twitch chat. Um, and he, we, oh yeah, we were talking about like does he have a Twitch account or whatever. And then he said he did and he was a sub. And so I went to like look at it, and I, I was able to guess which one it was. Because funny story, my dad, uh, and I might butcher this a little bit, but whatever. When the movie Wedding Crashers came out, we're all like, oh, no one actually crashes weddings, right? And apparently when my dad was younger, he actually crashed a couple weddings. Um, and he used this fake name uh, when he was doing that. And so I know now whenever my dad wants to pretend to be someone, he uses this fake name. And so I was able to, to, to figure it out pretty easily which, which account was
0: his. Gotcha. C9 Fudge. Can't believe you used that name. Uh yep. and my dad's young.
1: gonna be starting top laner for C nine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thick Thick Man Gaming says it's him uh, in the Twitch chat. Several different <laughs> people are don't no
1: one believe Thickman Gaming.
0: Panda Dad says Mark was quite the crazy youngster when he was a kid. There's several people in here that are <laughs> claiming to be your Pretending father in to Twitch be chat. My dad. Yeah. Well anyway
1: Twitch, <laughs> Twitch raises children. <laughs>
0: That sounds such, uh, like such a bad idea. I'm sorry yeah. you fell down on your bike. Was That was very sad. Uh, anyway. Give him,
1: change diaper, give, give bottle. <laughs> oh,
0: no. oh, no. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so this is our holiday episode, and I'm realizing Eat. now we should be drinking. Wait, do you have any booze?
1: Do, do I have booze? I've become... A really, mixologist really a a a casual mixologist I've, I've learned moscow mule um i've learned i'm really blanking i learned a bunch
0: okay you learned how like, to make a single cocktail
1: <laughs> i i've learned like five or six i'm just too lazy to count them all off right now uh, uh i can, are you... i think for me I have, I have eggnog i have lactose-free eggnog in rum
0: you should do that I can... i've i completely blanked on the fact that because this is our last episode we normally of the year we normally do oh, we
1: already that. started so, what are you gonna do? Just put a two-minute pause button on this while we make our drinks?
0: No, I'm gonna. I'm asking if somebody can bring me some.
1: Oh my god, my cat is like in fucking spasm mode right now, dude. That was my fault for revving him up. All right, I'll be right back, and I'm gonna make a drink.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna fill time then. So first off, a couple different things. Um, I just want to tell everybody happy holidays because ha- holidays are coming up in four days. Uh, which well if if depending on depending on what holidays you celebrate I guess I should say uh the the big one is uh, is coming up soon so thank you to everyone who has been uh, subbing and celebrating uh the end of the year with me as I've been twitch streaming um, also oh you know what wine I should ask for can you crack open the ovolily has a a wine uh, her family makes wine and every year she gifts me wine and It's fantastic um, And so I actually have some I think from last year that she gifted me So I'm gonna see if I can I can get some of that cracked open um, Anyway, also if you guys have not watched it yet I did an interview with in a retirement interview that is almost an hour long and in it Here are some of the things I ask him Does he regret leaving Europe? To come to North America think you know on, on, because perhaps he would have had better international success over his career did he ever consider leaving TSM uh, does he would he have retired if they had not gone zero and six at uh, worlds and why did he decide to retire and how does he plan to have things go differently for him uh, as a coach and how does he plan it? so anyway it's just I think a really good interview if you are listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube or something, and you haven't watched it yet, um, you know this is good content as well. But perhaps go check it out because I thought it was it was really good. Uh, it is not clickbait, I don't think. Um, Mark, I was just talking about the retirement interview I did with Bjergsen, which I know you haven't had a chance to catch up and probably won't ever. But it was it was really really good. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I saw it on the subreddit. I didn't even get a chance to open the the Reddit comments. Yeah. Well, I normally would at least do that.
0: Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite interview I've done all year. Not that it's like a particularly high bar because obviously it's it's been difficult. to. Because you're not a very good interviewer. What is happening in the background of your...
1: Oh, so uh, we, we sometimes call him uh, Oracle. It's his nickname because he's got a little fucked up eye. One of them is a little squinty. I don't know if you can see his, his left eye. Hey, don't, don't swipe at me, dude. Uh, anyways, he sometimes stares off into space. Or like we'll try and climb walls for something that he sees in the ceiling, uh, and so we think he can see spirits. So I think he's just communing. See, look there he goes. He's just communing.
0: That's that's weird. Anyway, <laughs>
1: it's definitely weird when you wake up in the middle of the night and your cast just staring at the ceiling. The ceiling gives you a little.
0: But anyway, yeah, that interview I think was was really good, and uh, we talked a well, lot. Was there
1: anything really cool that I, I missed? What's the what's the one fact everyone should know from that interview?
0: Uh, it's it's. I, I think there's less facts and more just reactions to stuff, right? Like, I personally, I think his philosophy that – like, he didn't retire because he got tired of playing. It sounds like he retired because he feels like he can do more to make TSM succeed as a coach than as a player. And I know that that sounds like a kind of, like, BS, like, PR response, but the way he explains it, I think, makes me really believe that, that that's sort of his philosophy. He basically said that, like, okay – I don't want to contradict him because in an earlier interview with me this year, he said that he wasn't really coaching TSM. But a lot of people felt like he was this year. And he kind of implied that he was coaching TSM because he talks about how when he was at LCS or in the LCS throughout this year, he did a really great job of, well, not he didn't say really great job, but he says like he spent a lot of time making sure that the team could succeed by talking to them, figuring stuff out, working obviously not just as a mid laner. And when he went to Worlds and he had to lane against players like Knight, he had to stop focusing on <coughs> leading the team. <coughs> excuse me, and uh, start focusing on um, on like just being a mid laner. And he he felt like it was because he couldn't balance both of those. That is one of the reasons why they they perform so poorly at Worlds. So I don't know. I think it's it's really interesting, really fascinating. And I hope that people get a chance. I I hope the broadcast gets a chance to watch it before uh, the start of the season next year, because I think it's a very, it's, it's a really interesting narrative for him as a coach. And, uh, uh I get It's like women Travis women content women. and me telling people to watch it is like, a mean, but even if they just skip the parts of me and ad block the shit out of it, I feel like the, a lot of the people on the broadcast should watch it. Cause it, it's pretty interesting.
1: I'm sure we'll also interview Beardson. Uh, the other thing will you? about that, well, I won't, but someone will, I bet. Um, the thing that's interesting as well with that is it seems to imply almost that it's easier to find a replacement mid laner than a good coach. Because if he's like, how can I most help TSM? If it's going to the coaching position, even though you're still like, it, you know, if you're not burning out and you're not kind of losing the fire to, to play, then it sounds like you're saying it's like, well, someone else can take my spot, but no, no one can coach us like I can or yeah. whatever, you know? Like it's, it's, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird implication to think about.
0: Yeah. It's it's easier... Yeah, to your point, it sounds like he thinks it's easier to find a, a good mid laner than a good coach. So... Yeah. um, He also... Like, he had uh, really big, good words for Hooney. He talked about how he thinks that Hooney has a, a reputation that he doesn't necessarily deserve and that he, Broken Blade had tons of struggle against him uh, whenever he would land against him and that he, he thinks... And he watched a ton of Hooney's games and he thought they were really good, so he thinks that the community... Has a bad Im- impression or an incorrect impression of, of his potential, um, so I just I think I think it's very, very interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. It made me really excited because I think it. As I said, I mean he. For instance, he said he doesn't even like considering it a retirement. He it's more of like a role swap in his mind, where he's like, okay, I'm going to still be competing, but as a coach, helping sure that making sure that this team succeeds.
1: I mean, I like that too because it, it feels like. I mean, maybe it's just me holding out, but like, there's a chance that he comes back to playing. More likely, um, if it's not like a retirement in his mind, if he's not framing it that way for himself. So you know?
0: I asked him about that as well, and uh, and I won't give I won't give the answer on it. But I asked if there's a chance he'd come back, and uh, people should go watch it. It's good.
1: Uh, has your drink arrived? What are you drinking?
0: Well, so w- what's funny is I'm asking somebody to help um, open it. Uh, it's a bottle of of. Uh, of ovalee's family wine and the the messages i've been getting oh it seems like it's okay um thank you there was an electric bottle opener situation that she was struggling with uh yeah it was a struggle but anyway you
1: gotta give it a quick tap against the wall shatter it, and
0: cheer cheers to ovalee um, for bringing for for this wine that she gave to me last year, and now I can drink it. Cheers to you, and cheers to everybody that is drinking cheers. responsibly and legally at home. Cheers. What did you make? Moscow Mule? Oh, no, you got the eggnog. eggnog yeah, so wine.
1: funny story about that. I um, wasn't really paying attention when I made it, and I grabbed the uh, almond milk first, or oat milk, I guess. It's oat milk. Um, so oh, I filled really? it with oat yeah, I mean, so cutting eggnog with milk isn't that uncommon. Yeah, um, but yeah, more oat milk than eggnog with rum on top is actually not a winning combo. Rip, but it's in my cup now, so got to drink it.
0: Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about this. So uh, all stars happened this weekend. I yep. saw none of it. So what? How was it? I, I mean, I saw viewership was down. I. Uh, let's actually let me first ask you this how comfortable are you talking about all-stars given that you were part of the broadcast in terms of like feedback on it and that type of stuff
1: i mean i'm i i'm pretty open (laughs) i i think um you know it's a tough year it's covid year all-stars in general is not always the best event what part of that you can say is is maybe riots decision making i think the other part of it is that like it's hard to make a compelling event for pros who and fans when the pros have just, you know, worked all year and like, hey, come out and do this thing. It's always a bit of a struggle, um, and especially online. And, you know, there's a, a bunch of weird situations. But I think that it was a decent job. I, I enjoyed working in the event, actually, more than I thought I would if I'm being honest <laughs> when I found out. Or, like, you know, when they asked me, I was like, yeah, give me the paycheck. And then I yes. actually I, I actually ended up casting. This is a funny, another funny story. Uh, Crumbs' internet boomed on Sunday, um, so I wasn't supposed to cast at all. I was just going to do my regular AD thing, and then I ended up casting three games that day. Uh, and I don't know, it was fun. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't think I'm a great caster, um, and I could definitely feel at times where I was like, man, I wish I had more things to add to Captain Flowers' insane energy, but I don't. Well, if uh, you have to
0: cast with anybody, I feel like casting with Flowers is, you know, he's just going to carry you with enthusiasm, right?
1: I feel like, yes, and also, but you have to be a little bit careful because sometimes when someone's so much better than you, it just illustrates that you're not uh, that yeah. Good. <laughs> he's, like, so
0: like, bringing all these great jokes, this high energy, and you're, like... Yeah, and also it's crazy that they're going for red first. Uh, that's wild. Well,
1: and these these games too are like, they're fucking dumb, let's be honest. It's like preseason, no one's trying, there's role swaps, there's like all these, it's like Nemesis draft, and like there's nothing a color can really add there other than like hype and fun. Um, and so like even if I could like have some cool insight ready to go, you know, it's just like, man, god damn it. But I think we had some good jokes. We made fun of people who get... Uh, free gear on expansions for like WoW and Poe and stuff and stuff. I, I think we did pretty well.
0: Do you think maybe we just limit ourselves to two All Stars callers tonight? Because I feel like a lot of our audience probably didn't watch All Stars, so they don't really want an All Stars episode. We do want to talk a little bit about Twenty Twenty, which I can explain in a second. But maybe yeah, that's a on, good idea.
1: on the All Stars topic, there's really not much to say. I mean, it's basically I liked it or I didn't like it, and here's what I'd want to see different. Um, which is not a, a wide range because it's not like you can be like. Like this player underperformed, you know, <laughs> like, so like that, just that whole angle is dead. So, um, I don't think there's that much interesting stuff to say. I'll, I'll maybe pull one or two, but, uh, otherwise I think it will go more towards the other way that we usually do these end of year episodes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's, that's good. I think the one thing I would say is I've seen a lot of people say, Riot Didn't advertise all stars. I, I don't know. I felt like Riot advertised All Stars a lot. Um, I I hadn't even opened the client, and I know it was in the client a ton, but I also saw a ton of stuff on Twitter. Uh, they we and in Instagram, social media, they made a video that was like specifically for the event, which called Run It, which I found hilarious because Tim yep. and I obviously have an episode or a show called Run It. So there's a lot there. It's just like it never really caught on on Reddit. There were some threads still, but like there's people that were like, I had no idea this was a thing, and I'm like. At a certain point in time, yes, it is on Riot to hype it up, but if they're creating, like, original assets that they're posting to their YouTube, they're promoting it in the client, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, like... (sighs) It's going to be tough, I guess. Do you you want them to... You guys are all running ad blocks, so you're not going to see any ad inventory that they buy on anything anyway, so it's just, like... I don't know what else people want. Uh, I mean, you, you can sub yeah. to their, or you can follow their channel on Twitch or YouTube, and it should give you alerts. Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird.
1: I think it's the kind of thing where a lot of people who watch on Reddit may not have Twitter or other social media, or maybe the people they followed aren't promoting it. Like, if you're following players, they're not really promoting it, right? Right. Uh, so I think it's very likely the kind of thing where these people hadn't logged into client in that long, mostly get their news and information about League through Reddit, and uh, there was like Reddit hadn't picked up on it really because no one really like well
0: like also Reddit's I mean more our,
1: competitive angle
0: we have the worst viewership we've had all year long right now on the show um, which I'm not I'm not complaining about it's just like every everything I'm putting out right now is just kind of like doing pretty lukewarm in terms of content wise because I think people just are not it's the off season. all the trade stuff has already happened there's just nothing going on and so people are like we're not gonna we don't care about lolly sports right now. And we don't care about the stuff. And they're just not checking, you know, they're not paying attention. They yeah. don't it's not a thing.
1: Yeah, I think um I, I mean it doesn't surprise me. And and viewership was around forty to sixty K it looked like, which, you know, is I don't I'm not the kind of person who knows if that is fine from a like business end, but from a fun tournament to close out the year. You know that doesn't have all the biggest names you know like 40 to 60k is 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 fine yeah in my opinion yeah like the biggest names in e like the biggest name in e was whippo and the biggest name in na was core jj you know those are both really great guys and great players and they're i think they're both really funny actually core jj had some really hilarious shit but like they're not the big like eyeball getters in their leagues
0: so. true yeah the big eyeball getters retired uh <laughs> anyway So uh, we'll probably take a couple calls about All-Stars if people have something interesting. No guarantees. But uh, besides that, uh, this is the last episode of the year. Uh, What we normally do is for the last episode of the year, we take calls reflecting on 2020. So what do you guys think? And I'm planning, hopefully I have some time to do these videos. I want to do a a video that's like, what did Riot do well this year? What did Riot do poorly this year from an LCS fan perspective? You know, focusing on esports. But I think... um, You know, ahead of me making that video, if if people have things they want to call in about, if you think Riot did a great job with the COVID stuff uh, and navigating this kind of remote broadcast stuff, if you think that um, they you know Worlds was bad or uh, some of their messaging around stuff was bad or I don't know you liked or didn't like their sponsor obligation, whatever, any number of different things, um, you can you can do that. So uh, feel free to uh, go ahead and put that into the Discord. I I'm not going to go through the spiel right now because I'm assuming everybody's watching right now has already seen it. But feel free to put your your takes in. It might be a bit of a shorter episode. I know we already say that, and then it somehow ends up being two hours long. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Um. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. I got two people in the waiting room. You want want me to grab some more? Yeah. First? One of them
0: is deafened, so they can't hear you join. But yeah. J- Javagnar, uh, uh, please did you
1: say undefin. you said things that? They liked or didn't like about this year, right?
0: Yeah, any, anything. So we, we basically, this is the 2020 recap episode. Your favorite stories, your things you thought Riot did well, You know, things that you, whatever. The 2021 stuff we will do as our first episode in the new year, which I will believe will be, because we're not going to do an episode next week, so on the 4th, um, as long as I'm not traveling that day. I might be traveling, but assuming I'm not. On the 4th, uh, we will be doing our first episode of the new year. And uh, that's going to be stuff that people are looking forward to for 2021. Probably hype around you know the lock and tournament and all that kind of stuff. So either way, uh, this is the uh, the recap episode. Um.
1: Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know what? I, I I go to bed dreaming about every night. Um, is right when COVID hit and both EU and LCS went remote. You know. Yeah. And and. For, for a while there, everyone loved NA production because we, we were able to, you know, have a bit of a smoother launch than EU. Um, and there was a period of time where we were the shit. And then there was the Sushi Dragon post-game show uh, for the spring finals, which everyone actually liked because it was this weird niche niche thing.
0: Yes, summer finals hit.
1: Spring spring finals.
0: No, I'm saying, sorry, summer, summer st- split started.
1: <laughs> yeah, then summer split came. Uh, there were maybe some... some Incorrect creative choices. E went back to the studio where we were still remote, um, and uh, the rest is history, man. That's 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 my when I look back at 2020, twenty twenty, I'm just like, man, remember spring? Spring was great.
0: Yeah, I think when I look at this year,
1: Cloud Nine was the best team ever.
0: Yeah, and and we were like, could they take G two at MSI? That would be crazy. And then we didn't have
1: to play MSI to <laughs> right. be proven wrong.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I I think, you know, the thing that really stands out to me, and I'll talk about this on the video a bit, I'm sure we'll get a call about it too, is just like, man, Riot actually did it. You know, like they did, like, I, I talked a lot about my issues with those summer broadcasts for LCS and all that, but being able to pull off Worlds, you know, I, I thought for sure... Oh, man, wouldn't it? There's. I felt like there was a decent chance that some sort of COVID thing would happen at Worlds, you know what I mean? Like all these people flying in from all over the world, um, something would happen uh, because it even happened, I think, at the NBA bubble. But they there was just nothing, and they managed to pull the whole thing off, and it was quite impressive. And then they continued. Like there was one week downtime for LEC and LCS where they got canceled, I think. Um, I think, yeah, maybe LEC had another blip later on, but – The fact that LCS, like people forget this was not planned, right? It wasn't like, okay, we're going to do some stuff in the studio and then we're going to pivot. It's like suddenly LCS got canceled. Then the very next week it was up and going and actually managing. It's actually really impressive um, to sort of see that. So I give Riot a lot of credit for what they were able to do there and the the broadcasting sports team.
1: Yeah, I think uh, when you look at how some other esports were affected, it's, you know, we actually had probably one of the better – wants to handle it. One
0: hundred percent were the best. Nobody else yeah, was I able to pull off. I
1: couched it a little bit because I'm not that yeah. like in tune with all the other esports scene, but I know a couple were were very frustrated with what happened to their their yeah. their scene. And yeah. then Nintendo is just fucking with melee for no reason, even without that's true. COVID. So that, that makes it easy to be better than that.
0: that's true. Um anyway, let's go ahead and grab our first caller. Okay. Okay. Off goes Mark. Thank you to uh, General Gecko, Panadad, Reaper Achilles for gifting a sub, Mr. Drenchiladas, SeaTown09, I am Justin T, uh, Ami Does Not Exist, Lord Goof, Alters Me Ego, Is that it? Yeah, Alters Me Go, Alters Me Go, Kawaii Sati TV, uh, I am Chang Song, Fishsticks44, The Noblet, and Moogle T. Thank you to everybody who subbed, it's very much appreciated. JNT is here. JNT, you been you were on the show last week, right? Yes, I he, was the, for, he
1: was the debater.
0: For the Mahmood mm-hmm. thing. By the way, I should say, and, and no, n- not to distract from your call, JNT, but just for fun, people should know, Mahmood now streaming, and I sent him a webcam, because he didn't have a webcam the first time he streamed, and so I, I got his information and sent him one so that he could... Now everyone can go see and interact with Mahmood on Twitch. I would recommend it. It seems like he's got some fun It's
1: probably a better show than ours right now. Uh, probably.
0: <laughs> Uh, But JNT, welcome back to the show Remind everyone where you're calling from
2: Uh, San Antonio, Texas
0: San Antonio, Texas And what do you want to talk about on the show?
2: Uh, Well, it's in relation to the All-Star event And just kind of how it's been on the decline Go go
0: ahead and break it down
2: Uh, Yeah, so pretty much um, It's kind of been known that All-Stars Has been on the decline for the last I would say about three years Mainly like the viewership has been taking a huge hit I remember reading something today Saying that there was like a forty percent drop in viewership from this year to last. Obviously that was kind of expected with it all being online and everything. But even the year previous it was like twenty-five percent or something like that. So my you know, potential solution, I don't know if it's exactly a solution, but a way to I think increase viewership and increase hype around it would be to actually move it to the middle of the season and my two options for that were to either sort of fuse it with MSI and kind of have the two events coincide or you hold it maybe a week or two in advance of MSI.
0: Interesting. Okay. Uh, Do you think that if you do it before MSI that it kind of undercuts MSI because you might have people um, that are attending MSI that would have to compete in the all-star event type thing?
2: Well, so what I would say to that is, if you look at the NFL and how they do their uh, "quote unquote" All Star Game, which they call the Pro Bowl, basically any of the. Right, sorry, let me just let me just think about it here. Not so sure. the Pro Bowl happens one week before the Super Bowl, so that the Super Bowl is the top two teams in the NFL will play each other. And if you do end up making it to the Super Bowl, you do not actually play in the Pro Bowl. So, for example, like all-star voting would probably happen throughout playoffs after like spring splits have concluded. Um, And if you actually do end up making it, uh, you win your respective region, you would not participate in this version of all-stars. It would only be like, for example, if Cloud9 were to win, none of the Cloud9 players would actually be able able to compete in the all-stars event. It would be TL players, 100 Thieves players, whoever would have gotten the highest voting from that. So, in terms of actual players, like, there being conflicts there, um, I would say you just wouldn't include players who would actually be competing in MSI, and it sort of gives other players who maybe would have finished at the top of their region, not necessarily have won it, to sort of, you know, I guess get involved in some sort of international midseason event.
0: This is really interesting. Uh, JT. I'm actually kind of curious, what do you think of the idea of merging All-Stars and MSI? Where... There are two ways to get to MSI. You can compete in the main MSI event where you qualified, you're the best in the region, et cetera. Or you can get voted in to be on this all-star team and go compete and be you know, the best in your region from a, either popularity or just like you're, you're a player that was really good that didn't make it to MSI. Because I actually you, think – oh, go ahead.
1: Well, go ahead. I was going to say, are you saying that then the most popular team – is, like, it's the same bracket at that point, and you're expanding the tournament to not just be the number one team from each region?
0: No, no, no. I would not I would not mix, like, you know, Cloud9 with, like, a mixture of Team Liquid and TSM, for instance, if it was this year. I mean, there are kind of two different uh, tournaments that are happening at the same event. You have, like, maybe in the right. mornings you have the All-Star component, where it is like what the original—a lot of people don't know. But there didn't used to be MSI. MSI used to be called All-Stars and the first event might one of my favorite events of all time was the 23 was it 2013? Yeah. 20, I, think, 20,
2: I think
1: it was 2013. 2014
2: wasn't there was a, there was one in 2014. I don't know if that's the right. was, I Shanghai, think
0: it was the Shanghai one.
1: Right because at, at No, it was 2013. 2013. Are you sure because in 2013 the was the first LCK year of LCS. We'd have to double check this cuz LCK wasn't uh, on the. Uh... It,
0: it was the first year of LCS, which was 2013. That's how I know. Because it was okay. that, and that's how they sent, like, that was the double lift, St. Vicious, Scarra, yeah. uh, special. I'm trying to figure out. And it out. had
1: world's implications. And yes. Stuff too. Yes.
0: And that and that yeah. was where Peter got his big uh, Pentakill, and, and yeah.
2: Okay, that, that was definitely season three then. The one that I was, I guess, sort of basing this idea off of was the one in 2014 where it was like they did All-Stars. The event in the middle of the season was All-Stars. I don't remember if they labeled it as All-Stars. It was called All-Stars. It It was 2015
0: when they changed it, I think. Before then it was All-Stars.
2: Yeah, but then they also had, I believe, uh, the top four... Sorry, the, the best team from the top four regions at the time. So I think it was Cloud9, Fnatic, SKT, and OMG. And they played in like a little... I think they played a group stage and then they played like a, a bracket did stage. They
0: do that? Am I?
2: Yeah, am, I'm pretty am sure. I it did. Crazy. That, that was that was where, if you remember, High had his like collapsed lung and Cloud9 got linked to play midlands. Yes, yes. That you're tournament. right. Yeah. You're and right. He got absolutely yes. smashed by SK. I, I I remember all this, these things. <laughs>
0: yes. No, you're right. That was it. I, I remember because yeah, that Cloud9 was supposed to go, but then also Bjergsen and Peter went as North America's representatives. Um, Yeah, and I
2: think that was like the first year they did they released Earth, and I remember like they had that big Earth match where I think Bjergsen was like popping off on Zed or something.
0: But they only had um, two players from each region go. So my suggestion would be, if I recall, they didn't send. They didn't send. So my suggestion would be to kind of take your idea, JNT, which I I think is I think it's actually pretty smart because how do you get, how do you get players to care? Well, if you're put in the off season, they're like, "Why do I want to go?" That's why I think every TSM member turned down their All Stars thing, right? It's just not fun or whatever. But if you if you took All Stars and you merged it with MSI, MSI already kind of feels like a weird event to me because it's like mid season, it's like one team only. Um, if it's not a very popular team from that region, like let's say weird shit happened and like Dignitas went to to MSI for us. <laughs> I feel like North America would not care as much. And that's like an entire region that's just not watching. And so, um, or like maybe a more reasonable one is like FlyQuest, right? Like successful team, but probably doesn't have as big of a fan base as like some of the big ones. Um, Having another event that's taking place that is back like the old true All-Stars of 2013, where you did have like the dream team of players where you could have had like... You know the the five most popular players in every role outside maybe the ones that qualified in the main event. I think that could be really cool, um, and I think that that is the right way to do it. And then you don't have to worry because okay, here's the other problem. I've said this before, I think. All stars in part sucks because Riot burn like just kills themselves making worlds, and then do you want to be the person who spends a ton of time after you've burned yourself out on worlds making All Stars an exciting event? I just don't... It's like everybody goes on break, and then they come back, and then, like, All-Stars is happening. Nobody really wants to do it at the right side. It's just kind of like this thing that people have to do. So give everyone off-season, make it real, and then make your, your All-Stars event something that takes place at MSI. I really like this take, JNT.
2: Yeah, the the main thing that I find, like, with the current, like, system of having All-Stars in the off-season, like, it's the off-season for a reason. Like, players don't necessarily, like... Obviously, this year there was no um, travel to go to, to an event because of COVID and everything, and it was held completely online. But like, it's the off season for a reason. Like, if you're if you're a if you're like a top player who had just attended Worlds, you don't want to be traveling to another international event. Uh, as you kind of mentioned before, like a lot of the top vote getters this year, especially and in previous years, they're starting to turn down All Stars, maybe because you know. They don't find it interesting, or I guess in the case of, like, double lifter and they've just retired, and they're taking an extended break or whatever. But I just feel like the placement of the tournament doesn't really make a lot of sense because it is the off season. Yeah. And, like, if you're a player, like, it might be more valuable to you to not attend the event and continue practicing either with your team or by yourself, like, doing, playing solo queue and, like, learning the new season and everything. Because I think you, before, you were just mentioning how, like, it's, it's not necessarily a super serious event because there's a whole lot of, like, not necessarily trolling, but, like, players are, you know, they're role-swapping, they're experimenting with builds. I mean, it's not a,
0: a serious event at all. It's a for-fun event.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: So, yeah, I, I mean, let's—here's one additional scenario I'll play out really quickly. Let's say TSM doesn't make MSI this coming year. If you're Power of Evil, maybe it does sound kind of nice to be able to go and play against, like, Faker. Uh, like you, you're now incentivized to go play because you can go play against like great players from other teams that just didn't make it and were not able to win their finals, but did get voted in. So I think yeah, um I think this is really interesting, Mark. I'm kind of curious, what's your take?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't have a super strong take. I think you know if it's just supposed to be a dumb for fun event uh, for people to kind of have a, a nice send off, um, and especially when it was about partially like rewarding pro players i mean i know a lot of them don't want to go but like when it's in vegas you know uh, and some of this stuff like it could be fun you know i think there's that element to it um where you can you can do that and if you do it that's kind of all stars and it's linked into this voting that you tied into uh, msi like there's a bunch of the other questions about the format do you want to keep the influencers being there do you want to you know it's no longer at a fun location probably um you know, I think it, it, it raises a bunch of other questions that I, I don't particularly care. I don't have a strong opinion on. Um, but I, th- I do think it would really change the tone if you attach it to MSI and you move it all back to pro players. Um, yes, it will be for fun still, but I, I doubt it will be, you know, the same energy.
2: Yeah, too. I mean, I'm not exactly sure if you would eliminate the for fun parts or eliminate the streamers or content creators that come along with it. Like, I... I don't know how much value that would add or take away from an event like right. if you were to merge it with MSI or hold it like a week prior. But Travis, one thing you did mention is like, you know, Riot, they put all their time and effort into Worlds and then they have to do it right after. I feel like that would also kind of eliminate, you know, having to hold an extra event. It was, it's kind of just like an add-on to another one. But I don't know how much extra work that entails, obviously, but... I mean, I Maybe think that's better than having it, to whole plan and execute a whole yeah. event in and of itself.
0: 100%. I, I actually, it would be interesting, too, if internally, if you pulled the people that have to put these things on, if they would rather just cancel All Stars uh, in the winter and merge it in as like a, a side event to MSI. Uh, I bet a lot of them would probably rather do that. Either way, JT, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, that's it. Have a good one and uh happy holidays.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You guys as well.
0: See you. Mark, uh, captain flowers is in the chat. I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you want to give him a shout out for your, his Sorry, you carrying, say? captain flowers is in the Twitch, t- Twitch chat. I don't know if you want to give him a shout out for his role in carrying you uh, this past weekend.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was, if you missed the cap flowers, I was saying that I felt like I did not have as much to do as you. And I felt bad. <laughs> Uh, during during some of the cast, I was like, "Oh my god, he's talked for probably about a minute and a half straight, and I have nothing to add analytically." Uh,
0: <laughs> Twi- Twitch, chat- um, oh go ahead. What were you saying? No, you go ahead.
1: You fucking go ahead. I was okay.
0: Well, we're drinking. Uh, Twitch chat uh, was saying that I should bring flowers on. I have to uh, unfortunately get permission from Ryto Games to bring on Captain Flowers and several other people. That That's are on why I broadcast. was saying he
1: should make a, a VTuber. Make a make a, model a VTuber rig up. Yeah. Have you seen one the,
0: to... the Miko? I think her name is Miko, the, the current uh, most popular VTuber on Twitch.
1: Wait, really? I didn't know who it is and their name was Miko, but I think it's funny that it's probably just ripping off Miku.
0: <laughs> no, um <laughs> the oh, the vocaloid. Twitch chat will help me. She she she's her interviews are amazing. I actually I saw suggested... Oh,
1: I've seen them actually. I saw I saw one or two with Skara.
0: Yes. Oh wait, she did yeah, one yeah. with Skara?
1: I think so. Or oh, I, I couldn't tell if it was fake or what. Cause I, I, it was just a Twitch. It was like a Twitter clip, uh, yeah. but it was something about like water and she like fucked something up. It was really funny.
0: I need to check this out because um, that's pretty, she's, she's got some good stuff. Uh, Hunter suggested that, well, I said, I want to make a tube character of myself for interviews for next year. And Hunter suggested I should make one that just looks like shocks. <laughs> it's like, hello, hello. It is I. start
1: interviewing EU pros, but whenever you do it, you're the VTuber shocks. Yes, yes,
0: exactly. Um, Yeah, that would be good. Anyway, yep. Off, off Mark goes. Flowers, I miss you, man. Um, I actually really miss seeing you at the studio and, uh, and hanging out with you incidentally at events. I feel like I haven't had a chance to really hang out with you much this year. And you are definitely one of my, my favorite league esports folks to chill with. Uh, G- How do you say your name? Javag- Javagmi? Uh
3: Good question. So my name is Javier, so it's Javi G-Me.
0: Javi G-Me. Okay, but you can understand why What my confusion is. Javi ha- Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I call you Javi?
3: To... Yeah, Javi's perfect.
0: Javi. Where are you calling from?
3: Uh, I am based out of San Diego, California.
0: Oh, nice. Well, I'm, I'm also from that area, so... What do you want to talk about on the show?
3: Um, So what I wanted to talk about was that pretty much why have All-Stars if people complain about it. And I was thinking that it made more sense to have uh, something similar. I was trying to think of an event that's kind of similar to what I had in mind. And I think of Anime Expo and Comic-Con as ones that I think would be a lot of fun for people in the community to have. So my suggestion would be if people always complain about All-Stars and pros don't want to compete in All-Stars, it makes more sense to have a completely for fun event where streamers and alike show up and just try to build the brands for teams to build their brands, et cetera. And yeah, I'm trying to think of like business incentives as well as why it would make sense from the business perspective to have all of that organized because it sounds like it would be a lot of effort, but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: So this is actually really interesting to me because it's got me thinking along a different line. So one, I bet you right, what, what, <laughs> My opinion is that Riot probably would have loved to not do All Stars this year, but because they have all these sponsor obligations around events and that type of thing, and they they didn't do MSI this year, that they basically had to do All Stars because um, they were already so you know so many other things that they had told to sponsors and all that stuff they couldn't afford to have yet another thing it canceled. So uh, that is that is sort of my working theory. You talk a lot about the business side of this. Actually, I kind of like your idea of, like, a lot of people get frustrated that there are streamers involved in this and all. So kind of talking about how, you know, like, sort of leaning into it in and going purely streamer, I think sounds a little uh, unconventional, uh, at least based off of the feedback that people have given. But I think a lot about Twitch Rivals, and Twitch Rivals is very popular, uh, maybe not with Reddit entirely, but... With a lot of the League of Legends community, so what if you just said, "Hey, pro players, you always get the time off, but instead we're going to do like the experience that you get from Twitch Rivals, but as a kind of like LAN situation, where like maybe there are online tournaments regionally, and then you can qualify a Twitch Rivals team to go compete uh, against other Twitch Rivals style teams from other regions." I think that could be kind of fun. Mark, you're smiling right now.
1: I'm smiling because the caller asked us one question and you're like, "Hey, that's interesting. Here's another idea."
0: No, I'm go- I'm <laughs> kind of going with with what they are are saying. I feel like um I'm yeah, I'll, I'll, the, He talks I'll a lot right. about the influencer stuff. I'm talking about a, the influencer stuff as well.
1: He's not talking about influencer stuff. He was saying like a, a, con, a con, like an actual convention where like the g- there's not even any gameplay. Like you go and there's a panel about top lane and there's like you know getting to know skt panel and there's the broadcasters are there um you know and there's events and like giveaways and fan meets and signings and merch drops and stuff because he was talking about you know incentivizing of the business way like i think it's a pretty different thing
0: mark why AK. don't you lead this discussion for this call because clearly <laughs> yeah i'd I'm love to i'm out of sync I fuck, go for I, it
1: I, I'd love to I think this is an interesting idea I don't know if it would ever work but I can see a world where it would there was one event way back in the day I don't know if you remember it's called Summoner's Con <laughs> I think it was 2014 oh yeah it was, it was a bit of a train wreck but it actually had like decent turnout for being like a fan organized thing you know actually I, I mean I don't know that much about it I just showed up for one day for it but like it, it was it was okay you know there wasn't a ton to do there, and I think Riot could maybe do a, a better job at making sure there's stuff for people, but you're buying tickets. People can watch online. There's also, like, um, you know, you could probably get some kind of virtual uh, ticket to, to attend, virtual thing, and, like, you, you could monetize it. I don't think monetization would be a problem. I think interest would be the concern, but, um, you know, I, I do think there's a world where, for one weekend, you just drop all the games. You still throw it in Vegas or something, but then it's just, like, a you know, fun the whole time. Um, And maybe there's like some events like play against your favorite pro kind of things try and win some gear against them You know, like you just totally drop the idea that there's even a competition that it's even all-stars and you just make it a Celebration of League of Legends and League Esports because the thing is now Riot has like eight games. They need a con right like It's coming right right and it's
0: part of this convention you could have a live Twitch Rivals event that takes place that has right, all yeah. the Twitch Rivals teams competing <laughs> against each other.
1: <laughs> so I feel bad for you, dude, because sometimes like you're so far ahead that we think you're disconnected, but you're just waiting for us to catch up. That's true. I'm sorry. That's
0: true. I'm glad. Um, I think that would be really good. Um, no, I like this a lot. I mean, it's a bit of a separate thing, right? From now, we're we're pretty far away from like a, an international competitive event, but you could you could definitely see something like this happening. Um, And it is an interesting question because, like, let's say Riot Con was going to be a thing, where would you put it in the schedule? I mean, it's kind of weird to run Riot Con like in the middle of the summer. I guess you could put it in the summer, maybe, like, but it's it it does feel kind of weird. Yeah, it does feel kind of good to have it at a time where there's not League esports happening. Um, My thought
3: was just kind of like replacing, like, I guess, like originally, and my thought was kind of like, why? What is the reason we have All Stars? And the other question was like. What when would be like in regards to your question of when would it happen? Like wouldn't right now be a decent time?
0: Yes, I agree. I mean, maybe a couple weeks ago would have been better. I think it's kind of weird to have stuff so close to Christmas. But yeah, having something in late November, early December makes a lot of sense. I actually think one of the nice things about All-Stars is you do theoretically get to see a lot of personality from all the the league pros and you get to see them interact with each other in a different way. But they could just do all the, all that at a convention as well. And you could have like fun panels where it's like me or Latigris or Mark or somebody interviewing uh like the five most popular LCS players about the LCS and how things are going and all that stuff and you see them all interacting. I think that type of content would be really good and that could be a panel at on on this thing. So, you could still have a lot of the value that you get from All-Stars in this in this event. So, I like this. I'm
1: I'm down with this idea too. I like it
0: thank you Javi for it um is there anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break
1: uh
3: sure Uh, I just wanted to shout out my friends that got me to start playing League of Legends and got me to start watching LCS uh they don't watch anymore but I still do uh shout out to Travis I actually met Travis back in the day uh when he was doing a CLG signing event at Fashion Valley Mall back in like season three season four yes I was 17 at the time yeah yeah back in the day um, I think you signed my like high school student schedule. We literally were like running from school uh, to go over there. We didn't have anything else, but yeah, uh, yeah, that event was really cool. And so, thanks, dude.
0: You uh, thank you. You you're making me miss non-COVID years where I actually do get to meet people. Fans. Well, because yeah.
3: like yeah, what a, what a concept. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I mean, for for me to watch to to meet viewers and stuff, it actually feels so nice because so frequently. We put content out there and people are just like dicks about it. And so when you actually meet somebody in person and they're like appreciative, it's pretty cool. Actually, I was at Panda Express recently and someone was like, you're Travis, I love your content. And it was the first time in so many months that somebody had said something to me nice uh, in person about my stuff. So it it was really nice. But either way, thank you, Javi, for the call. And uh, we'll catch you next time.
3: Thanks, man. Have a good one. Have a
0: good
1: one. some some people in chat were like, man, you can't you can't have pros walking around with fans. Fans won't be able to control themselves. It's like, man, if TwitchCon can work, this can work because I've I've been with Pokey at, at TwitchCons, you know, and she has like a personal bodyguard around, and for the most part, it's fine. You know, like I don't think it's gonna yeah, get any crazy. One hundred percent
0: TwitchCon. There's there's tons of stuff like this. There's TwitchCon. There's a uh, VidCon. BlizzCon, there. yeah. Uh, Blizz, BlizzCon. Yeah, tons of stuff. I, it's fine. Yeah. It would be super fun. And you can, it doesn't, by the way, you can, you don't need to have them necessarily walking around with everybody. You can have them come out for panels. You can have them participate in fun events, signing sessions, etc. There's ways to make this stuff work. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break right now to talk about Alienware. Uh, I want to shout out Alienware. Kobe is going home. Uh, actually, I didn't get his permission to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I hope he doesn't get angry with me. Kobe is going home for the holidays. He's getting a COVID test. He's quarantined a ton. He's he's done all the, the proper things. He's going to drive instead of fly. And uh, the thing with Kobe is that he is really, really, really invested in playing World of Warcraft right now. <laughs> and so one of the things that I am very happy to be able to do is uh, loan him my Area 51M that that Alienware provided me, which is this amazing desktop replacement uh, laptop. It's a bit beefy, a little bit of a bigger boy, not not something that is necessarily the type of thing that you bring to class with you every day. But it's perfect for the scenario, right, where he wants to be able to keep playing WoW, making sure he's having a good time doing Can't it. Can't have any FPS drops. No FPS drops. Uh, it's just a fantastic system for this. And so um, I, it's just kind of cool that like Alienware... Has provided me stuff where even with my my friends and colleagues, I'm able to help uh, spread the Alienware love. Uh, So that's kind of my fun holiday story for the Alienware stuff um, as we're going into the holidays. But I also just want to uh, thank them so much. We actually did a meeting with them last Thursday to talk about 2021 plans, and I'm optimistic uh, for next year working with them and hopeful that everything goes okay. Uh, But Uh, One of the things that we did I tweeted this out earlier and I won't air it on this But we did a compilation of a ton of the shout outs that people have given on the show for Alienware and Some of the nice things that people have said as they've called in and I think that that was really nice to be able to air As we were talking about our performance this year and what we've been able to do even in a COVID year where things like MSI have um, You know not been able to happen, which is something that we sold them earlier in the year um, or at the end of last year when we thought it would be able to occur so I just want to thank everybody who's called in uh, and given them a shout out over the course of the year and, and really supported this partnership. Um, as we go into 2021, you guys will be instrumental and in have having made something happen next year, as long as it, as it does happen. So um, thanks to everyone who supported us and that partnership over the year and happy holidays. Anyway, you want to grab the next color, Mark? Yes, sir. Um, I am out of wine, unfortunately. Uh, but hopefully, I'll be able to get more soon. Aquatic Banana who sa- says got my wife an Alienware laptop for Christmas. Nice, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, we're able to use the code Travis 10 Q4 to do that. You can also go to Alienware.com/travis. Check it out. Love and Flow is on the show. Love and Flow, is this your first time on?
4: My second time on.
0: Your second time on. I I know you as the person who trolls me a ton in Twitch chat. You are definitely a Travis Gafford Twitch chat troll in my opinion um but uh where are you calling from
4: i'm calling from toronto ontario
0: toronto ontario now give me your address please now um what uh what do you want to talk about <laughs> on the show
4: uh my take for this year end wrap is that the double lift saga was the most encompassing lcs story of the year
0: i'm glad you
1: isn't said that
4: it
0: so that i don't have
1: true, to. true it's true every year isn't it
4: is there anything more important than I Double? I think F? this year is just like a little more important than other years, though, particularly.
0: This year was a very drama-filled double-if saga. I mean, I don't think anyone exactly. could have predicted it going the way that it did. Um,
1: well But so, go ahead so and what expand. Made, well, yeah, yeah. What made it stand out in particular this year for for Double Lift?
4: I guess I'll do the quick recap, like from what the, from the fan perspective. So it's like, okay, double if spring split doesn't matter. I want to win Worlds. So he's chilling and that messes up the TL relationship. TL gets ninth. TL has won the last four years in a row. So this is absolutely bonkers. The fact that like their ninth place, double if doesn't care, quote unquote. Him and Core JJ severs tie. He gets traded off the team, okay? So now we're here and we're in the off season in between the two splits I called in. I was like, everyone's making a big deal out of this double if drama, the insider trading between him and TSM. And it's like, no one's going to care at the end of the year, was my take. Basically, when TSM wins, everyone's going to be all like TSM, TSM, TSM. So then we fast forward to the end of summer when TSM does actually win and they pop off. And now uh, you think, okay, well, wow, it all worked out. Double if tries, double if team wins NA. Like, that's just like the story of NA, apparently, right? So here we are. We have destroyer of NA, and then we have TSM bowing out at worlds per usual, which is whatever. Worlds is hard. I'm gonna give them the pass. Like it's a hard repetition, whatever. <laughs> like doesn't bother me as a fan, like that happens. And then but the to cap it all off, it's like double on like a two-three year contract that he came over that we're expecting him to be on, and then he just off center tires. So it's like it's a whole new era of LCS is about to embark, essentially, which is why this like saga of him is like the most all-encompassing of the year because it's like he dictates basically the ebb and flow of the league. You could say
0: it is true. It does feel like at at every point in this year, perhaps other than the Cloud Nine streak, Doublelift was involved in the like the drama. Well,
1: he got he got to play both sides of the drama because it wasn't just like oh no, TL sucked. But by going to TSM then uh, and, like, the, the tactical replacement, because there was also, like, he got benched, too, in spring. You know, like, it wasn't just, like, they had a bad showing. Like, there, it was a drama filled spring. And then there was, like, the interviews. You know, one has to get taken down and redone. And, and, you know, like, there's all this, like you said, it was just drama-filled. It wasn't just, like, oh, they suck. That was surprising. You know, like... There was him saying "spring split doesn't matter," <laughs> all that. Yeah, and then, even
0: in the off season, even in the off season, it was like, "Wait, double if my retire, is he gonna play? Is he on the? Is he playing with sword art or is it lost?" Like, he he was able to basically you know absorb so much of the conversation to the point well, where like you were talk- oh, what were you saying? Oh, you, you you go. I was gonna say to the point that I, I actually like even some people on Twitch chat are like. Oh no, we're talking about double lift again. There's almost like double lift fatigue, where it's like this yeah. whole year was like double lift, double lift, double lift to the extent that I think people are like when relieved. you're the
4: best, like <laughs> happens. Yeah, but but I mean,
1: like it was it was so many other things too. Because even in the off, I thought you were going to talk about between spring and summer, like with the Dardock situation that you know leaked from his stream, uh, and like all the, the drama that surrounded that, um, you know, the, the swapping support situation at, at TSM. Um, and then, like losing to FBI and, and Golden Guardians the first time around before rallying, like it wasn't an easy, like, you know. Like you, you, the caller definitely glossed over summer and ben was like, "Yeah." And then it was great, and it was like, "No, they were like <laughs> benching people left and right to try and try and make it, uh, you know." And you also kind of glossed over worlds and how much of a catastrophe that was, you know. Like every step of the way, it wasn't just like a hey, double lifts the best, like it kind of was during his TL tenure, where we were just kind of like. Okay, he's great, and he's, he's talking a little bit of smack, whatever. You know, there there was legitimate, I don't know, drama around it this time.
0: Yeah. No, it was. It, and it, it it's weird, too, because I think uh, – I want to be careful with how I say this. I think Double Lift in the past, people liked him or disliked him because of his trash talk and because of what he could accomplish. But this year, he actually brought about, like, a lot of real drama – Right. um, Like just even with like a lot of the stuff he was saying where people are like, I don't know if you should be saying spring split doesn't matter. Or I don't know if you should be shit talking your coaches that way. And like, you know, I don't, maybe you
1: should be playing solo queue instead of, yes. You know, yeah. conversations
0: around his personal relationships. Like there's just a lot of like, you know, kind of esque uh, drama that was involving right. him. Um, And so it is kind of, I think that is, you know, as, as somebody who has covered his career for so long, I think that is one of my disappointments about how his final year ended, which is just, like, it did not end in a very graceful way, right? It ended with a lot of, like, uh, messiness around it. Even just the fact that it's, like, had he retired, like, imagine an alternate year where this, this year goes and, like, TL gets, like, third in spring and he doesn't ever get benched. And then he goes and stays on TL and then summer they like manage to win. They do okay at worlds, but he's kind of fatigued and decides to retire. Like that at least would, that, that would not be this kind of like weird scenario where it's like, you look back on now on his legacy and it's like he was on TSM and he found this initial success. And then it was like, then two and a half years he spent on TL. Then he went back to TSM for three months and won, And then that was it. It's just, it is kind of like a weird way to look at this year. Um, uh, especially given what the caller said about how much of the, the space he occupied.
1: Yeah. I think, um, I mean, the one thing I'll say is it was, it was definitely a bang of a year instead of a whimper. That's the thing you never want to hear. Someone just like,
0: slowly yeah, it's not like he just got back yeah. and, and then just retired in <laughs> yeah. disgrace at the end of it.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, a, it was a weird, weird, weird year. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that made this, this year awful and weird. Um, and, not all of it was was real world stuff. The league world, the the league world was also weird this year.
0: Yeah, there's basically, every, from from my perspective, it was just very funny because so much of this year was bizarre. Uh, both to Mark's point, real world, but like, I I just the the Peter stuff happening alongside other stuff that was happening in my life. Just like everything about this year just felt so freaking weird. Um, so I guess as we're talking about 2020 in general. Um, and reflecting on this year, I'm very, I'm very interested to see what 2020 uh, brings 2021. Sorry. And I'm, I'm hoping it's boring. Um, I, you know, I want LCS to be interesting, but I'm hoping that for the most part, it's like, oh yeah, 2021 was the year where like, you know, team liquid looked good again and cloud nine and TSM were, were pretty good. And, uh, and like everything kind of, then the, the vaccine started and we were able to get back into the studio and everything was fine. Again.
1: Papa Smithy goes 2020 was a filler episode. And it, it's like, it was a filler episode, but it was also like, you know, handled by a different studio that yeah. like shot it differently and had a different animation style. And like the plot lines incoherent. you're like, what the fuck was that garbage you made? You put me through.
0: True. True. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's, it's the, uh, the sequel that everybody disc- disregards in the series of it's, yeah of it's a season two series. that people it's yeah. like If true
1: de- it's true detective season two like no mm-hmm. one wants to acknowledge that
0: yeah love and flow thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we move on to our next caller
4: Uh yeah I'd like to shout out Alienware for you guys because they're a G for you thank and you. I'd like to also shout out the Fierce Forest just a little work it's gonna go on so mm-hmm. yeah have a
0: great show yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for your support over the years. It's always fun to see you pop up in Twitch chat, even if you're trolling.
4: Travis, you're a real G, and I'm never trolling when I say that. That's all I got
0: to say. Thank you, thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Take Happy <care>. holidays.
4: <laughs> Bye. Man, sound sound like
1: that tongue was firmly in cheek as he said he that. He said he's
0: not trolling when he says it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Anyway, off Mark goes. A couple more shout-outs to some subs, by the way. Thank you to the Slatherpus for 16 months, Greveth, and The Legend of Brom Burgundy. Uh, we actually lost like 50 to 60% of our subs month over month just because I think everybody's tuning out from from League. Uh, so it's always kind of a bummer whenever that happens. But I, I want to definitely thank everybody who, who stuck around um, during this time to keep subbing and all that stuff. It's always – it's noticed and appreciated, I guess I would say. Um, especially – I don't expect anybody to spend money, but uh, the people that do throw their primes – free subs and stuff my way so it's very appreciated uh okay uh Mark should be back any second with that I'm trying to throw some like holiday cheer on the uh on the stream looks like we got Danku here Danku where are you calling from
5: uh what up I am calling from Washington D.C. and you can just call me Basil you can ignore my weeb name
0: okay Basil thank you I try to ignore most weeb names um <laughs> where, where are you are you said you're calling from D.C. yeah nice what do you want to talk about on the show?
5: Uh, so I want to talk about, it's kind of, kind of been like really weird to me, but it's just how the narrative in the EU scene right now, you're seeing from coaches, you're seeing from GMs, owners, from players is that if you're not in either Fnatic fanatic or G2, you, you have no recipe for success. You're just going to like, you're not going to be able to, to do well. And I, I think like from the first few, like, players that i had heard it from i was like oh okay like whatever i think maybe they're just exaggerating you know it's like you hear in other sports too like in in the nba people say if you're not on lebron james's team you're not going to get first place but then it it became more concerning when you had you know perks when he ended up coming over to cloud nine and he was doing interviews he was just saying hey like yeah, there was no point. I, I wasn't able to go over to Fnatic. Yeah, I'm not gonna go to another EU team. And you're like, oh, well, all right. Well, that, I guess that point is there. And then Carlos, when he did that uh, that interview, a lot of people were giving him flack for for his approach of basically like gatekeeping perks from going to Fnatic because he's like, I'm a business man, I need my team to do well. I'm not faulting him for that. I think that's, he definitely has to do it because it's his, his business is his number one interest. But then that that kind of does showcase that, like, if you're gatekeeping the best talent and the best resources for those two teams, then the other teams aren't going to profit. I remember I got worried, like, like two or three years ago, because I thought that that exact thing was actually happening in NA with TL, C9, and TSM. I'm super happy with how the year turned out, because, like, Golden Gardens and FlyQuest completely flipped that whole entire script in NA. So that, hel- that helped North America, but EU... I don't know. It's like it, it looks like a bad trend. Where it's like, if that keeps going, you you could see more EU talent trying to flood into North America because they don't see a chance of doing well in EU, and then there's less opportunity available for NA talent, and it just gets flooded down more and more.
0: I'm guess I'm I'm a little confused why you why you say that's an, a bad trend.
5: It's not that it's like. It, it, I guess I shouldn't say like it's bad, but it's just like it kind of just makes it stale because like yeah it's like then you're like all right g2 fanatic let me just put my money on them and we'll just see how the year turns out i think think but then we get all their
0: talent that doesn't end up on either of those teams
5: (laughs) this is what travis
1: is trolling about um so like on the one hand well, i have this is about to broaden out a little bit the use of the word narrative sometimes by the community Mm -hmm. weirds me out because it's not like a narrative which is constructed, it's kind of like one that people are just observing. Like, right. you know, no one has won in EU except Fnatic and G2 and I think... Um,
5: Alliance. Alliance? No, Alliance. Uh, uh, Alliance. Alliance Alliance. Alliance, oh, Alliance. like, yeah, yeah. 2014. Yeah,
1: yeah, but basically since 2014, no no one has really won other than these two, two orgs. Um, when you look at, like, just Twitter followers on on their their social medias who is third in the league i don't even know i looked at rogue and they're under uh, 200,000 uh, yeah
0: very good so question like, i actually have no idea
5: <laughs> exactly like who so even if yeah, you sure. Yeah, yeah. like, rogue was third mad Lions was fourth
1: yeah um i, I don't know about you know twitter uh, impressions though, but at least like hunt do has 800,000 uh so you know beyond competitive if if we're just talking about like hey i can go to a big org you know, Team Liquid, C9, TSM are the are the big three, obviously. But even a hundred thieves can get decent decent viewership or like followers. Um, so you, you have literally double the options just between those four. Um, in terms of competitiveness, you know, I don't think. I hope players aren't in the mindset the entire year like, oh, I'm not on G2 or Fnatic. Time to just try and look as impressive as I can, so one of them hopes to sign me. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I. At some point, that trend will break for sure. Um, but if I'm a current pro player, and those are my options, I, I I don't think it's a narrative to say that like it's really G2 and Fnatic right now. That's 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 all it is right now. So, yeah, it will break at some point. But
5: yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I think I think it will lead to a break eventually. I just think it doesn't. It I feel I feel like for new European talent that's coming up, I feel like it, it's it's not going to be as attractive for them if they're like. It basically makes me think of like the rest of the EU LCS teams, or, or, or I should say, LEC teams, are like your internships when you're like first getting up into like any industry, and you're like, yeah. all right, cool, I did my, yeah. I did my internship. All right, if, let's go over to NNA.
1: Yeah, right. entry entry level position to play in any of the other orgs. Uh,
0: my name in Twitch chat is pointing out that Astralis has 731k followers. That's the old origin. Uh,
1: oh, okay. So right. a lot of that comes from their... From uh, CSGO, right? Yeah, from their CST. Well, I
0: think that might have been the Origin account that they re- like they rebranded. Um, rather Oh, than...
1: right. Okay.
0: So I think a lot of that might even come from just like old Origin following. Um, in your right,
5: account, like so. Xpeke following yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if like Fnatic or G2, they have like some mystery formula, Chemical X... That they that they they just have the solution to, which is why they keep going for the top two. But it's like just seeing that that hyperbolic time chamber of just Fnatic and G two. I feel bad for a lot of the other EU teams. I, I like Mark. I'm hoping you're right that like probably within like the next two to three years we'll see like this trajectory where you know G two won't do as well. I I mean I'm not gonna wish you know. Not well to the teams, but it's like, it's nice to see when I mean, things you can get ask turgled. for a new story, I think. Right.
1: It's, it's yeah. the game. you know, it's, it's, it's no, golden. Man, golden no. You're just like, I want you guys to fucking lose. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, necessarily, but like, I'm sick of it. You know, they, they snatch up all the good talent. They always win. You get sick of these kinds of things. I, it's It's very natural. I think.
5: I think that's why, like, Mad Lions started getting, like, a lot of support. I mean, that's why in NA we saw, like, the huge support for Golden Guardians and FlyQuest when, like, they were taking more wins and they were, like, coming up. Like I'll, like, I'll admit it, I'm a TSM fan and I was rooting for them in the summer season. But, man, when that Golden Guardians game was going on, there was, like, a moment where, like, I cheer for Golden Guardians and I was like, <gasps> what did I just do? What's wrong with me? But it was, like, it was, it was, like reinvigorating and it was, like, nice to see... And then EU is just kind of I think it was like G2 was like in the summer in the summer playoffs, they started off lower in the tournament and then they still made it to the finals. And I was like, I I keyed out. I was just like, this is so boring. It just keeps happening. Um and then just seeing all this stuff happening in the offseason, it just I don't know. I was like, I was, I'm just hoping that something changes eventually. At least G2 well, this... nice
0: enough to keep it interesting when they're winning. Like, with their, the, uh, <laughs> are they going to do this? You know, how many best of fives have they competed in? So, um, oh my Five game yeah. series. So, I don't know. Mark, any, any final thoughts on this before we,
1: uh, no, I mean, it? I think I, it's a, it's a very understandable sentiment, um, that the caller has.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I think. Look, we're not EU fans, um, and I honestly does feel like a lot of EU fans are really happy with the Fnatic and G2 dominance. It seems like there's just a ton of G2 fans, but I, I am interested to see if next year can, somebody can finally break that streak. That, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what streak. happens. Anyway, thank you, Danku, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller?
5: uh obviously alienware for keeping travis going all these years uh i'm glad i was able to get on the call you're a big big inspiration for me travis i'm a journalist also but like i followed you in college and i was like wow it's really great to see someone covering esports in the journalism field so big shout out to you man big inspiration
0: yeah thank you so much for the call really appreciate it and uh we'll catch you next time happy holidays
6: happy holidays guys yeah see see ya
0: two more callers to go thank you to the folks that contributed to the scam train looks like uh hey it's hot shot thanks to the prime slummy broom lolzatron uh justin c scott very much appreciated everyone thank you um how are you guys doing in twitch chat how's everyone's uh holiday stuff going i hope you guys are all hanging in there i know it's really tough especially for folks that Aren't able to safely travel to see family or people, and I, it's a tough situation. I know a lot of people are going to be spending the holidays alone. So, uh, just know that hopefully we get through this soon, and there's good news on the horizon. Looks like uh, Last Sacrifice is here. Last Sacrifice, where are you calling from?
6: I'm calling from New York, New York. You can call me George.
0: George, well, how's how's New York doing?
6: Um, it's chill. It's
0: chill. <laughs> Uh, Glenn, yeah. I mean that I would take chill in twenty twenty completely. Uh, well,
6: what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so I wanted to talk about how um, one of the biggest things in twenty twenty was the growth of third party content for the esports side of League of Legends, um, especially with post streaming and more podcasts than you can ever imagine. And really, that too many. The... Yeah. You know, you have, yeah. And then that in the future, Riot should look to integrate these content creators into the broadcast as they bring something unique that the regular broadcast doesn't. And if you want me to go into, like, some examples, I could.
0: Yeah, go for it. Um, If one of your suggestions is just kill the analyst desk and everybody that's there, and then just bring in Travis Gafford content, I would agree with that.
1: Travis has tried to get me in the analyst desk fired and destroyed so many times every time i see him he's like mark i have a great idea what if we replaced you with and then any any idea
0: literally anything um just a, we uh, just more ads i think would be great sorry last sacrifice go ahead and expand
6: um so w- one thing that i personally had trouble with is that the lead-up to the lcs wasn't really entertaining like you know, like, the 30-minute show that they had before LCS? I don't know what it's called. Countdown. Countdown. Yeah. So I didn't even watch it this year. But, like, um, I think one person who did a really good job creating um, documentary content in the scene was GBay And one thing I think you could do to hype up the the broadcast before the games actually start is have one of his documentaries play. Have it premiere on the broadcast. If you could partner with them to do something like that, he had like a great documentary on Dignitas, uh, like the old Dignitas teams that I think esports fans would love. I, and, oh, go ahead. Uh, should I go? Uh, I also think something that um, the the LCS broadcasts often lacked is like um, it lacked like a, a heel. Like that person that's just there, that you love to hate, and like somebody that in traditional sports, like you see, play this role a lot is Stephen A. Smith. Somebody that's just there so that you know to create controversy, you know that the people can hate on, and you know some somebody like Dom or like I know they he might not have the the best relationship with Riot right now, <laughs> but I think he will be great in that role. He, uh, and there's other people too that you know they would be great in that role.
1: Uh, this is a different call than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be like, hey, the the co-streaming stuff's sick. Here's some ways to expand on it. Now it's just turning into. We're yeah, we're we're kind
0: of, of talking about this as a 2021 take, which is what we try to reserve for next week. But we could talk about this. Yeah,
1: because um, I mean, not that I'm disagreeing like outright disagreeing with that take, but it is a little different than what I thought. Cause we do have someone else who's talked, who wanted to talk about broadcasts and stuff from, from this year. So I don't want to steal
6: their topic. Um, if you it's, want it's me just... to shift it towards co-streaming, I could, if you want. Well, so yeah, well, I mean, what,
0: uh what did you as a viewer, did you mostly watch Dom's co-stream?
6: Um, I mostly watched uh LS's co-streams and sometimes I watch Sneaky's.
0: Yeah, I watched a lot of the Sneaky and Media's co streams. I actually really liked the co streams this year and thought that they were uh, really fantastic and really grew into their own over the course of the year. And I, I what's very fascinating to me is uh, the Valorant tournament that took place yeah, two this weeks is what ago. I was bring up too. Myth had more viewers than the main broadcast, and so it's I if I am right, perhaps I'm a little concerned about that. I don't know if that's something I want or I'm happy about. But it is an interesting lesson on maybe you don't need to have everything be... Like, you You can do a lot for these co-streams. You can do some interesting stuff. I mean, partnering with them and doing something other than just sending them the broadcast, but maybe, you know, doing call-ins with them. They did kind of that with Sneaky and Medios. I think, towards the end of um, the split. But having these be ex- living, breathing, broad- official broadcast partners i think is really interesting um and yeah and even
1: if it's if it's not killing the ad like during the three minutes of you know and like like you said working closer to these people during those those ad breaks after the ads or whatever um if you have like filling this time with sneaky co-stream during that period or whatever and like letting them know hey we're gonna be coming to you at this point in time so like be ready and you know cleaned it up a little bit while, yeah while maybe don't don't
0: make talk about your butthole i think is a, <laughs> a good suggestion
1: i feel like if you're not hearing sneaky talk about his butthole it's not even like you're really watching him
0: yeah it's true true but to your point it's like you can you can't have these people make you i think what's interesting is I'd, I'd love to know and perhaps should have done a better job of asking greeley in the past like what is there you could do like a whole 10 to 15 minute long conversation just like Right. Right. What is your approach on co-streams? Did you do this for fun? Is it grown bigger than you expected? Are you still happy with it? Like, are you worried that it overtakes the broadcast at some point in time? How many partners would you want for something like this? Is it, there's a lot of questions. Um, and I think, I think there's a world where, you know, several years down the line, we look and say, wasn't it crazy that there was a time before co-streaming and look at how huge it is now and look what it does. And like, you, even well, celebrity, co- you could do like ridiculous things like celebrity co streams and I don't know, all sorts of kooky stuff. So,
1: and I mean, there's been like lounge casts before. Um, but I think one of the things that the co streams do best is they have their own audience that they are kind of bringing and they're also bringing a different kind of content that isn't riot. Um, which is I think a big part of it. Uh, I love riots content, but like, it doesn't like if you want raunchy humor, like, that is a niche that. Other people will feel that like Riot will just never do. Um, now, whether Riot wants someone to see a co-streamer doing that or not's a different question. But assuming that they're okay with it, like that's just a different avenue for you to watch and like super hyper analytical that doesn't care at all about narrative and like play by play. That's another you know angle that that we would never have um, as like a main product. So like I I think the idea is really cool and um, especially as pros retire like. The reality that people are going to be watching double lift watch TSM games or TL games, and like having funny stories to tell—all this stuff—it's like it's a huge draw. And so, however, they can best tap into that, I think, should should be explored as long as it's not somehow harming the sport.
0: Yeah. No, actually, I I really like this. When did they start allowing co-streams? Was it? It wasn't this year, right? They had, they previously did some co-streaming, or am I crazy?
1: I think it was this year.
0: That's so crazy. It feels like it's been. Just a thing that's been around for so long. Oh, they did a test. Wait, they did a a test for like a smaller thing. They did co-streaming maybe for like summer finals last year, or yeah.
1: This this was the first time that I think it was like a big where it was like
0: you could do it consistently week after week. Mm -hmm. They did they did a smaller thing at some point in time. So, um, somebody in chat says there was a trial on twenty one seventy nine, so that was a while into the future. So I don't know when that happened. Or they're counting differently. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um. Either way, thanks uh last sacrifice for the call. I really appreciate it. I think this is a good good topic to talk about and one that I had kind of forgotten was like actually a 2020 thing. Uh but is there anything you want to shout out before we move on to probably our la- our last caller?
6: Um I just like to shout out Alienware for helping out the show so much and uh you know, uh I'd also like to shout out like all the content creators uh who've been making so much content for the scene. They've really been providing a lot.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, on On behalf of all the content creators. No, I appreciate your shout out of GBay and a lot of the other folks. Cause I do think, yeah, I think, oh, it, yeah, that, Oh, what were you gonna say, Mark?
1: No, I was gonna say, I think there's a lot of great third party content that I would like to bring in the broadcast. I know there are a couple people like even like doing their own stats, things like Tim and, and now, now you with run it, like as long as it's not a conflict of interest I would love to be able to just be like, hey, someone made some cool content. Let's just grab it. And they kind of do it with team team stuff. Um, you know, we like lost, the team we docs. Lost the caller. He just got bored with me talking. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Happy holidays, caller. Uh, sorry if we, uh, we yeah, took too much of bad. your time. Sorry. Anyway, um, sorry. Continue to work.
1: But, but yeah, I was going to say, I, I like, there's so much good content coming from other people. I would love to be able to to use more of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think it'd be quite fun to... To see that. I think what is interesting is, this year this year, just to reflect on it a little bit, we saw ESPN Esports die, but we saw the rise of these co-streamers and my content doing really well GBAY, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. It's just fascinating to me that like you would have not not ex- like right now, when as we're kind of thinking about 2021, it's like there's a world now where Riot could be partnering with people who are doing Way more entry level type content stuff out of their bedrooms et cetera et cetera part of that I think is because l c s has gone into to a thing where the whole broadcast happens from people's bedrooms but it's just fascinating to think that like the big media companies and the content that they they made that's not what we're talking about it is really these like individuals and these these small individual streamers and youtubers and stuff that are well i
1: think it's yeah i i mean like i appreciate the professionalism of like the lcs broadcast and the studio and all that stuff goes on and i wouldn't want to get rid of that but i think one of the strongest things about esports is the low entry to or barrier to entry to make cool content and like it rides on on the individual like you're saying and i think finding ways to connect to that because that's most of what most of twitch is in people's bedrooms and so like most viewers aren't going to be skeeved out when they switch from double if stream to riot games and there's like a more low key thing going on. Not like I'm saying it should replace the main broadcast, but like whether you have this ancillary secondary content that is closer to what the rest of Twitch looks like yeah. is actually not that that weird to me. And I don't think it would be weird to anyone except your sponsors who are like, what the fuck is this? This isn't traditional sports. And yeah. as long as you can somehow onboard them with like, hey no, this is what gaming is. Gaming is a bunch of fucking idiots running around killing each other in Among Us and screeching on Discord. You know, like that's what AOC is doing because she gets it. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't know this if she's is where screeching things are
0: screeching on Discord, but
1: she's not screeching, but you get my point. Yeah, I do. Um, also, the whole idea about um, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about with other industries, not just gaming, but like direct to creator um is is becoming a lot more prevalent uh you know with monetization models and stuff and like even like looking at brand sanderson right like his way of kings leather bound stuff like at some point he could just start publishing himself there's no reason he really can't right now um yeah, other than being a big headache he probably doesn't want to have to deal with but like
0: yeah if you are if you are a talent i mean you have to always kind of get yourself established but if you are a creator uh and you are established why do you need espn esports Why do you need Yahoo Esports? Why do you need any of this stuff? Like, you can just screw those guys. Go get Alienware to sponsor you and uh, show them what they're missing in their ivory towers. (laughs) Their ivory 5G towers.
1: Gamers, rise up.
0: Anyway, Mark is going off to grab our last caller of the year. John G365, thank you for the 15 months. Dude upstairs, thank you for the seven months. Really appreciate it, uh, everybody, for all the support you guys have shown this year. Really is nice. Paradox, the only is here. Paradox, where are you calling from?
7: Uh, Iowa City, Iowa.
0: Iowa City, Iowa. What do you want to talk about on the show?
7: Uh, You guys kind of touched on it. Just basically, I mean, I I put it as a narrative is being built off of, like, players and storylines from the LCS, but you guys were kind of touching on it where it's probably better done by third-party content creators but unfortunately it seems like other than you travis Thorin, and gbay there's not really a lot of people doing that and then for me it's kind of like mostly through the beginning of the week there's a lack of content and now that you and uh, mark were talking about it a little bit i'm you guys are kind of already answering i guess my question about that where it should probably come from third-party content creators
0: yeah i, I think, mean i think it's you're saying it's just like people tune in on the weekends and then Monday and Tuesday and third and Wednesday hit. And there's just not much going on from riot. You mean?
7: Yeah. But as you guys were saying, it, it's like, it's, out, I guess in the end, not up to riot. It's up to third party content creators, I guess. Cause for Mark who watches the traditional sports like NBA, there's like first things first, first taken, et cetera, but that's not actually through the NBA, right? That's through ESPN, a, a third party uh, creator. In that sense but I still feel like the LCS could do a couple more things like the drive but maybe at a smaller scale like at a weekly basis or even a bi-weekly basis
0: I mean they do that uh... with like this or that and the dive and all that stuff right
7: well this or that I I would say is more like fun right like like something fun and then the dive I guess there is some uh, uh, talk about players but I'm more referring to, like, like actually, actual storylines, right? Like, for Doublelift, him going back to TSM, you know, there was a storyline about him going against Team Liquid. Um, there was a drive episode of, of Golden Glue, you know, just his journey from uh, his Texas high school, and and things like that. Um, basically, filling a player's background, giving us insight into their background, they can add into certain matchups uh, on the weekend, right?
1: Right, and I'll, I'll throw in an example. Like, there, there were narratives this year that, you know, w- we would – Try to hit on. I don't. I don't think it, it goes directly to third like third party or the solution. Like I think, you know, we should be very conscious of what's going on in the community, so we can quickly follow the stories as they emerge. Like FBI becoming this guy who was okay, but but not great in fans' eyes to someone who was the best bot laner in the league. Like there should have been a run it type thing or. A, a big narrative piece about him that's like five to 10 minutes long. And, and we're in a COVID environment. So maybe, maybe we normally would have got this done, but like those kinds of things should, should happen. Um, and it shouldn't fall on third-party content creators to do that. And to the caller's point, you know, like it's not just the dive we acknowledge us because we did or like on AD. Um, but I think we can, I mean, one, the AD can we, we can do a better job. I'm not saying we were great about all the storylines, but in the future, with uh, 2021 and some of the you know big retirees, like I think giving fans digestible, smaller pieces of content. That's not like here's a 15 minute episode about this guy. You know, like here's three minutes of really tightly scripted, well made stuff about this player who's having a bit of a breakout right now. Not here's his whole year in recap. Not here's his whole life story. Not you know like this insane high production piece but like hey we sat down with him for five minutes had an interview intercut it with some gameplay shit and some casters maybe you interview one caster and you chop it all up and put it out um you know i, I think that kind of content could, could go you guys a long need way to
0: do what's that i don't think you guys need to do interviews
1: <laughs> or, well if you want to make this content go ahead because do i'm down like a, it's because it's not an interview, right? Because, like, interviews yeah. exist and podcasts exist. Yeah, it's like a mini feature.
7: Yeah, but, like, mini, mini featurettes or something. I don't know what you call them.
0: Yeah. Help remind me, Mark. And I think
7: that's part of something that I, I missed, really, is because, you know, the COVID uh, uh, year we had, uh, there was a uh, less interviews uh, for Travis to do. And, uh, and of course, a lot of players are declining. And I think that's another problem, too, right, is that part of narratives and storylines do have to come from the players, right? They have to opt into these interviews And build their own personal brand i'm pretty sure travis touched on this earlier in the year where players should see the value in building their personal brand and talking with uh uh people such as travis right and and opting in to do these interviews more
0: oh no you you've now activated my trap card uh i should have i guess this is an interesting take and maybe i should you've you've made me think of this uh 2020 sucked from a Trying to cover <laughs> this it. stuff yeah. thing. Like I don't know how much I talked about this at the time, but like I tried to cover Worlds, right? Fanatic G two T S M. The three most popular teams in the West. I believe I got one interview from any of wow. those teams at Worlds. Um and get I get it. It's COVID and uh stuff <laughs> is tough, but like I don't. I don't think it would have been impossible to definitely not to get that going. And um, you know, I I put a tweet out there that was like, "Hey, players, I will media train you because we've got all these new faces and all these new folks who are doing yep. uh, interviews for the first time." I had two people reply to me, um, you know, which is honestly two more than I expected. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think as the the league itself has the league and a lot of the teams have undervalued working with content creators and third-party media this year. And I think it's really disappointing. Um, And it's something that I think is like 2020 was definitely the toughest year for me to cover, not just because of COVID stuff. I think for a lot of the reasons that would have existed even in a non-COVID time. Um, And I don't think that's good for the future of of the sport. Um, So I, I do hope it changes.
1: Now, that double retired Travis is looking for his next cash cow to milk and <laughs> help grow into a superstar. So, fudge if you're listening, you know, you could that could be you. Um could be another one of the up and coming uh NA talents, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I uh I don't know. It's um It's, it's, it's not that just that it's do. not just me, right? Like this is a, the whole league has relied on fucking double lift content for years and years and years talking about him, talking about the controversies around him, talking about his story, et cetera, et cetera. We need other players that are exciting. And I think we didn't know Bjergson No one would have predicted Bjergsen and Doubler if we were going to retire at the end of this year. But I wish we had known it because I think and I hope that everyone would have worked together to make sure that there were exciting new faces and players to talk about next year and that there were stories that we didn't have to start You know coming up with now and players that we didn't have to start building now as personalities for 2021 um, and that we could have built towards so i think that that is really disappointing and it is something that i am somewhat concerned about going forward
7: the the real quick question travis i'm not sure if you know do these players and even orgs an extent do they not have it written in their i'm not sure if they have a collective bargaining agreement like the nba they don't their franchise oh okay well then so then they, they have no requirement to do any media work is that correct
0: uh riot has some stuff with the teams that they they're supposed to require like i i think riot riot has a rule in the the world's rulebook for instance where every team has to do i want to say it's like two interviews or you have to send two an uh, two different players after every game win or loss um i don't even think all those teams did that i get the feeling and i i yeah. reached out to riot about this and they never really got back to me on an answer but i think that teams were literally breaking the the world's rules about this and uh, I never really found out what happened. I asked them about it. They said they'd perhaps let me know after Worlds and then they just never did. So I don't know. Is, I don't, is, I don't... is the TGAF expose complaint video Well, here, out? wait, hang on. <laughs> I forgot about this too. I was going to say this. No, no, no. I'm not going to turn this into a big expose or whatever. I'm just going to talk about it. I thought you were about
1: to get into the the number of interviewers as well. That was another angle that you talked... I mean, like, no, <laughs> no, during no. Worlds, the reason, the reason I have all this is because during Worlds, Travis and I would be up late playing Genshin Impact. And we would just bitch at each other for like one of us would have something that bothered us and we would just bitch for like four hours straight. And Travis, it was always about the interviews and the content and like this kind of stuff. And I don't remember what I was complaining about. Yeah. I'm sure I was (laughs) complaining about something.
0: But by the way, I should have mentioned this in the all-star stuff. Part of the reason I didn't cover all-stars, right. Didn't give us a way to cover all-stars. There was unlike LCS and worlds and all this stuff. There was no media access. Well, we were told they would send us quotes, written quotes from the players. Um, so when you see that Riot doesn't even give a shit about having media cover this event, it's like, why should I give a shit about covering it? Yeah. Um, so no, it's they're just, really dropping the ball, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. That's um, kind of
7: what I've always felt, too, which is why I I, I, pri- I made it directed at them rather than third-party content creators. But I guess hearing you speak now gives me more insight that's really riot and the lcs dropping the ball
0: i mean it's everybody it's the players it's the teams it's Riot. well i'm not even saying media couldn't have done better right like espn decided to leave esports this year that looks really bad for them because this is going to be a huge entertainment thing going forward they just rather than trying to figure out why they were failing in it um they just gave up and i think i could have done more right like i halfway through this year with the COVID stuff was hitting, I was kind of phoning it in just doing these video video interviews. And it wasn't really until later on in the year that I really started trying to find good content. So I think everyone is responsible for um, as good as some of the third party media was and third party content da, 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 was, da, da. we did not all do a great job of creating, of of telling the stories of the LCS and doing interviews and like helping to build new figures and stuff. And I think, I hope everyone recognizes that for for next year.
7: A hundred percent.
0: Yep. Anyway. Uh, paradox, yeah, sorry no, that, that I'm I'm no, ending ahead, on sorry. a Scrooge note. I, I apologize.
7: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. It's not. It's it's definitely what I wanted to hear. Right? Uh, you're the you're the primary person I lo- like, hear and uh, digest content for. I'm like just like literally every time you post a video, I literally just listen to it on my phone. Uh, my AirPods while I'm doing something. That's literally how I do uh, get through my day uh, Not not just you you and NBA stuff, right? Um, but for League of Legends. You're like my main source. Thanks, man um, Yeah, absolutely. Like, Hopefully I, I you this.
0: enjoyed the Bjergsen interview if you haven't Yeah, I,
7: you haven't. I already listened to it. It was, nice. it was great. Awesome. It was fantastic um, but Yeah, that was that was my purpose for the call.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much and happy holidays I really really do appreciate the support and uh, hope you have a good one
7: yeah, absolutely. And other than that, um, just shout out to Alienware. Uh, it's great that they're sponsoring you and helping you develop this at a, at a higher level and a more, what would you say, like refined way. Um, and other than that, uh, am I able to shout something out?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I thought I, I thought that you had shouted out other stuff, but I I, I should have given you the official floor <laughs> for the shout out. Go for it.
7: <laughs> All right, so I'm uh, the host of a Twitch game show called The Only Game Show. We invite uh, eight different streamers every Friday, Saturday night. We had our 39th edition last weekend, and we're open to any Twitch streamer that's a Twitch affiliate. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I want to shout out.
0: Nice. Cool. Well, thanks for calling in, and best of luck to you as a content creator in the new year.
7: Thank you very much. You as well.
0: Yeah. Have a good one. See you. Our last call of the year. Our last episode of the year. Um,
1: I always refresh your books channel hoping to see that little blue dot next to it that there's a new video and every day I'm disappointed
0: I need to do more for the book channel. I kind of got I kind of got burned out through October and and November whenever whenever the group stage stuff was just flopping hard for me I decided to go Super Saiyan and uh, I think that's what it's called right Super Saiyan super I didn't watch that series but um you have a pained look across your face. Uh, But I I did the most views and stuff that I've ever done in October, and I did a ton of videos in November around, around stuff. And so this year, I've or this month, I've been kind of burnt out. Also, people are just not paying attention to the stuff that I'm putting out there uh, because I think it's December and people are like, yeah, League of Legends is dead. Uh, yeah, waking so up in so January,
1: League, let's do books. Let's true. talk about First Law. True. Original trilogy.
0: Yeah. Um, i in the so chat, well. says, thank you for the shout-out uh well i guess here we'll i'll say something here at the end uh thank you to everyone who's watched all of our content this year and all these episodes um it's been crazy how many i know we hit 150 episodes not too long ago um and i just want to thank everyone who supported my stuff and everything i've done and the show here with mark it's been really great um and so thank you everyone uh mark i don't know if you have any parting words for this year
1: uh no, I mean, I just got to say it's it's been a tough year. We got through it. Um 2021 really can't get much worse without World War 3 or something breaking out. So as long as we avoid that, I think uh, you know, everything will be on the up and up soon, hopefully. Things seem to be getting better. There's a a vaccine. My mom got the vaccine. She's a f- a physical therapist in a hospital. She's a frontline worker. She got it. So I think, you know, maybe maybe we're starting to turn the bend. Um and uh things will have some semblance of norm normalcy again soon. Yeah. Uh, and other than that, you know, that's it. That's, that's 2020. Let's, (laughs) let's see each other next year and have a better fucking year. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to, guess what? We're kicking off next year with Mark moving one block away from me. So that's, that's that's a sign that things are going to be great for me. I'm going to have Mark around more. We'll be able to go on social distance walks whenever it's safe. Anyway, thanks. Uh, thank you so much, Mark, for being my co-host this year, as for the past several years. And thank you, everyone, for watching. This has been Hotline League, episode one fifty-four. We'll see you next year.